Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. All right, welcome back to another episode. We want to thank you for coming back, as always. And we want to thank Cheers and Spirits and the Arnold Station Plaza for sponsoring this episode. Um, me, personally, I don't know wine very well, but my wife enjoys a nice bottle of wine. And so I'll go into Cheers and Spirits, and I'll let them know. Um, I have an idea of what my life, wife uh, likes. She, she, I know she likes reds over whites, but she does like a white for certain meals. Um, so I'll go in to Cheers and Spirits, and I'll just let them know what kind of wine I'm looking for, whether it's red or white, and they'll ask me what I'm pairing it with, and I'll tell them what we're having for dinner. And they will let me know a good bottle of wine in my price range uh, that I know my wife will like, and I don't have to worry about whether she's going to like it or not. Because they, to date, they have not picked a loser for me yet. So I want to thank Cheers and Spirits for helping me uh, make my wife happy uh, when it comes to wine. And I'm sure they can do the same thing for you if you want to get your wife a bottle of wine. Or if she's a beer drinker, maybe they'll, they'll recommend a certain beer that she likes or even hard liquor. So head on over to Cheers and Spirits and let them help you pick out the right drink for your evening. All right. We have not talked politics in a while for a reason, mostly because people probably don't like it. But oddly enough, it is our politics episodes do tend to do better than our others, which you know, I wish they would listen to the alien episodes more. Yeah, the alien but, episodes are more interesting. Yeah, but apparently people aren't into that. Yeah. But um, we're still going to talk about aliens, but not today. Although some people think the politicians are aliens, and that's a topic for another day as well. Yeah. There is one politician besides Donald Trump that is making a lot of headlines. And he comes from one of the most famous political families that the United States has ever known, and that's the Kennedy family. The candidate is Robert Kennedy Jr. Now, to some people, the guy uh, is an irredeemable anti-vax spouting human being who's vile and should never be listened to other people never knew the guy existed before this um and he is finding a niche right now from democrats that are looking for something different than joe biden Mm -hmm. but they're having trouble getting over a few hurdles like the vaccine stuff. Now it's because, in my opinion, they're only getting clips of things that he said. Um, for example, his most recent comment was about how COVID was bioengineered to not affect uh, people of Jewish descent. Right. I think it was Ashkenazi Jews and Asians. Yes. And he wasn't saying it, as some kind of conspiracy, he was literally using an NIH study that showed that, I guess, the spike protein, uh, it wasn't found in those groups of people. Therefore, COVID really shouldn't have affected them. Now, of course, there are some that probably it did affect, but essentially he was saying that from the NIH study, now, this wasn't him just saying it, you know, I heard a guy tell a guy. Mm-hmm. It was, this was the NIH study that came out, and this is what it said. 
and people basically were saying he was a conspiracy theorist because oh they're not they're they're not doing bioengineered weapons and basically that's what they thought he was calling covid was a bioengineered weapon when all he was saying was that maybe because it was created in a lab in Wuhan China funded by the US government did they purposefully engineer this uh, virus to not affect certain people and that's what the study showed that they did, it, it, the study didn't show that it was engineered this way it just showed that the virus didn't didn't attack certain proteins and and certain people didn't have those proteins so therefore they shouldn't have been affected mm-hmm. um but the level of vitriol for the guy because he said those things you basically just read the report and people were trying to label him as, as such well it got so bad that Debbie Wasserman Schultz called him a racist and a bigot in front of a hearing and tried congressional hearing and tried to get him uh, like removed as like to cancel the hearing because of what he of, of this statement but Jim Jordan was the chair of the committee so it, he uh, he allowed him to, to continue so um, yeah just really really uh, when they don't like you they go after you so you know it's it's he struck a chord with Democrats that don't like Biden he struck a chord with some type of you know some libertarian type Republicans um, even though Reason Magazine did a big hit piece on the guy. So, it's, he's a strange, strange animal in the, in the, they all hate him, which means I should probably like him. <laughs> well, and, and so the funny thing, he, he is getting some centrists that the, the so the ex-Democrats that have been pushed away from the Democrat Party because of some of the extremes that they went to, mm-hmm. they are open to listening to RFK Jr., because he does have some liberal credentials. He comes from one of the biggest liberal families there is. Although, apparently, his entire family has denounced him. Yeah. Um, and He's also, he was, he was an environmental lawyer, too. Yeah. Uh, kind of got his claim to fame for cleaning up, cleaning up the Hudson River. Yeah. But then he also got a claim to fame because they called him anti-vax. Because yeah. I forgot which vaccine he kind of went after. So he went after. God, I don't remember. He was it the MMR one. The baby MMR, and his whole problem with, with the, if you look at, if you listen to what he has to say, it makes sense. So ever since these vaccines came into being, the numbers of children diagnosed with autism has skyrocketed. So someone our age, like, we didn't know too many autistic kids. But now we got the vaccine too. Right. Um, But since then, I mean, there's autistic kids. Now, the other thing is they've kind of changed the definition of autism by going on this huge spectrum now. Right. So before what could have been a weird little kid, now he's just autistic. Yeah. So I don't know. Whether, but the point that the points that he makes, it's not a, it's not necessarily against vaccines. It's against certain ingredients in vaccines, namely mercury, 
Well, and they haven't used mercury in a long time, yeah. but they did. They are using different ingredients, it's, yeah. and it's the. And you're right; it's the inert ingredients in the vaccine that help it bind. Yeah. Inside the body to certain things, and they're needed, but you know, mercury was found to be poisonous, and they stopped using that a long time ago. Yeah, they switched but, to ethyl mercury or correct. Yeah, it's something, something else. Yeah. But the the other thing though, and. So you, you mentioned that the cases of autism have skyrocketed. But what people don't say when they mention that is that the diagnosing of autism or or even even the um, the diagnosis of autism is still fairly new. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't as much knowledge on as there has been in the last 20 years on it. In fact, the knowledge on autism... Um, has only increased since then. Yeah. It's still a developing um, developing knowledge base. So the counter-argument to that is, while the, the diagnosis of autism has gone up so much since that vaccine itself, well, the science, the, 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 the research into it has gone up as well to where now doctors and, and, uh, and others... Uh, in in the school system are able are now better able to diagnose it. So whereas, like you said, in the past, someone might not have been diagnosed with autism. Um, they might have they might have called it something else. Well, yeah, because well, they could have called it mentally retarded or just institutionalized that person so you wouldn't see them. Um, right. Or basically, with that, with the lack of knowledge of of what it was, there was a lack of diagnosis. Yeah. And, so, and I think we're also smart enough to realize that correlation doesn't equal causation. Right. So, so it, and and the I guess the one study that a lot of anti-vax people state about the the core the, the causation to autism was debunked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess there's been more studies into it since then. I, I guess my point is the guy. The guy said something controversial. He uses that data set that you talked about about how the the diagnosis of autism has gone, you know, much higher than it has in the last 30, 30 40 years. Um, but no one no one really mentions the fact that the the research behind autism is still young. Yeah, and that's why the diagnosis rates have probably gone up because now people know what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like no one diagnosed cancer before they knew what cancer was. Right, you just right? died. You, yeah, you just <laughs> died of natural causes yeah. that weren't natural because your eyes were bleeding. Right. And you grew, like, huge welts off your neck. Yeah. Oh, well, you just died of natural causes. Well, it was a goiter. Right. But now the science has come out, oh, that's cancer, right? Yeah. So the same thing kind of with kind of autism. Not that autism is cancer. I'm just saying that with the knowledge of what it is, the diagnoses have gone up because they're better able to recognize what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the things he said, and, and back then, and, and years ago, maybe when the mercury was part of part of the vaccination, maybe there were some, some poisonous effects to that. Um, unfortunately, though, in, in today's day and age, there's no there's no debate. It's I'm just going to yell at you. Yeah. You know, rather than saying, well, maybe what he's saying has merit. Can we look into that and find out if what he's saying is true? And or 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 if there is a study out there that says it's true, 
do, does institutional science strike it down and say, that's, that's baloney, here's a study that says it's not. But nowadays, I mean, just coming out of COVID, we don't know which studies are real. Like, we don't, we don't know which ones are biased in any way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, just last week, the New York Times just admitted that co- the, the deaths related to COVID were inflated. Yeah. Um, they're just, in the last year, coming out, and this is from the liberal media, the liberal media is finally admitting that the COVID vaccine didn't, uh, didn't stop transmission of the virus. Yeah. Like th- these were all things that if you said this before the liberal media finally agreed with you, your studies, your voice, your, it, it, your, uh, the scientists that you believed in were shut down. They weren't allowed to get work anymore. They were fired. Yep. They weren't allowed to publish works in journals. They were taken off any social media platform, including Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, mm-hmm. like there was a really heavy hand by big science. And people don't think big science exists. It exists. Yeah. Just like big pharma exists, big insurance, mm-hmm. big auto. All these big corporations, exi- or not corporations, all these big interests exist. And they exist for their own profit. Yeah. If you don't think there's big money in science research and research grants at the universities, then you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Right. And I only know that because at one point I was part of it. Mm -hmm. I know what kind of money goes through those institutions. Those institutions, some of them, from research grants from the NIH, some of those institutions take 63% right off the top. Yeah. Just, just to, for the lights of the building, mm-hmm. for lab space, mm-hmm. for whatever, it, they're taking sixty three. That means only forty cents for every dollar is That's going just, into research. Right. Now it's not that way across the board. Some of them only take thirty percent. Some mm-hmm. of them take fifty, forty. It's what it's whatever their negotiated rate with the government is to take indirect costs. Every single institution that takes money from NIH, AID. USADA, uh, not ADA, USDA, Mm -hmm. uh, they have what is called a federally negotiated indirect cost rate. And anytime they get an award, as long as their, as long as their negotiated IDC rate is still, um, is still valid, every single award they get from that agency, they get, they can take that percent right off the top. Right. And the and the funniest part about this is, so let's say I'm an let's say I'm a university. If I get a majority of my federal funding from NIH, and I negotiate with NIH, then my rate's going to be fifty percent. Any other agency that I get money from, mm-hmm. I get fifty percent. Wow, because you already negotiate. I, I only have to negotiate once, right? And because another federal agency agrees to it, that's what that's the rate you get. So. For all of these uni- all these people that don't think that there's money, big money from universities from the federal government, you're out of your mind. There, there's millions upon millions upon. It's probably billions by now. Yeah. That these universities are getting, not only through, the federal system of research grants, but from private donors as well. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about Bill Gates's the Bill Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Nemours, 
uh, Nestle. Nest, Nestle gets into they're not making just chocolate. Right. Um, and, and there's plenty of others out there. And they fund research at these universities, public and private. And they all go by these. Again, some of the private ones only allow 25, 30, 40% for indirect cost rates. Others, it's a, like I said, a lot of the governments pay the most. They're paying upwards of like 60% if it's an on campus project. Well, the government's so good at negotiating things. Of course. So. <laughs> and, 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 and sometimes they have different rates for where, for depending on where the project is. On campus might be 60%, mm-hmm. uh, off campus might be 40%. Mm-hmm. So there is big money and in this research. And, you know, it's funny. There's a doctor called uh, Dr. Peter Hotez. Um, he goes on MSNBC a lot. He is a, a, a lead researcher at, I believe, Baylor University. Yeah, he's like their hired shell, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and when people... Like, he was the one that kind of went after Rogan. Mm-hmm. When he, Rogue, so Rogan had RFK Jr. on an episode. And Hotez was like, oh, this stuff isn't true. And so Rogan said, well, come on, come on my show and debate him. Yeah. If, if he's so wrong as what you're saying, it should be an easy day for you to just come on and debunk everything he's saying. And, of course, Hotez denied it. And yeah. said, No, 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 I won't do that. He's not a scientist. Why should I debate him? Mm-hmm. Like, well, wait a minute. So now, now someone needs credentials to debate you? But you're going after him and saying... He, he's a shill. He, he's a horrible person for saying these things. Okay, then, smart guy. Prove that. But then, And, of course, the left goes off and says, well, that means everyone won't have to debate everybody. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I mean, what, what is wrong with the open sharing of ideas? Yeah. And another thing, but it, it's kind of that, that elitist mentality of, well, you don't have the letters after your name, so how dare you think that I should even sit down with you? Mm-hmm. Well, you're the one, he, he's the one with the audience. RFK Jr. was had the audience of Joe Rogan, which is 11 million people per episode. If you really wanted to debunk the guy, you go on that show with 11 million people because there's nowhere else in this world where you're getting that audience. Yep. So you go on there and you humiliate RFK Jr. so that no one believes him again. But you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You're basically saying, I won't debate the guy. And so then, then Joe says, okay, then, if RFK Jr. doesn't have the credentials for you to debate him, how about we get Brett Weinstein mm-hmm. or Dr. Pierre Corey or Dr. Robert Malone yeah. or Dr. John Campbell All of the, or any of those guys? Any, any one of them. He offered, and, and then at, at the end of it, he says, I'll let you pick who you can debate, who you want to debate. Mm-hmm. You, name, you name the person, and I'll have you both on, and I'll let you guys debate it. He said, no, I don't want, he goes, it's not worth my time. Yeah. 11 million people aren't worth your time because everyone thinks Joe Rogan is right wing. Well, Joe's not right wing. And a lot of his listeners are centrist people that are just looking for information. I started listening to the guy because. I got tired of just getting fed bullshit from this side or the other side. And, you know, now Joe Rogan sometimes will, uh, he appears to be noncommittal, 
and just ask you know questions the whoever's on um i was the guy he had a dude on there was a philosopher talking about how it was like the proof of intelligent design and um he was trying to stay non-committal but you can kind of tell that he didn't that he was opposed to this guy so it was like you're sounding non-committal like you're just a dumb guy answering questions. So I, I get that criticism, but he's the only person on there that will, that will have these dissenting voices. If you listen to the other, all the other major news outlets, and it's, it's all the same, the same people. You know, this Hotez guy was on Rogan before talking about how, oh, I don't eat, I eat too much junk food and this and that. Like, well, so why, why would you not even talk about the benefits of? try to not eat garbage and maybe take care, exercise a little bit. So, um, but yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even engage. Right. And, and then he played victim. Yeah. And then he dropped a link for his new book. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, guy. Yeah. You did the, you basically, you clout chase Joe Rogan. You got to put your link out there for people to buy your book. And, in all honesty, because he wouldn't engage, he wouldn't go on the show, even after they let him choose the terms, now it sounds like you're just shelling a book. Yeah. Instead of, you really don't believe that RFK Jr. is saying things that are false. You just wanted to sell your book. Mm-hmm. And look, man, I get it. But literally two to three weeks later, the guy was still trying to get clout off of that yeah. interaction. And, you know... It, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm not in the camp of someone who's just going to believe RFK Jr. But I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Because again, at the heart of it, I do have I, I do have some liberal leanings. I'm not a fan of the Democrat Party as it stands right now. Correct. But maybe this guy is in the Democrat Party and doesn't believe in all the nonsense. And maybe he's got some other opinions I can listen to, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to vote for a Trump, right? I, I might, I, I, I'm, and that brings us to the other candidates that are out there. I mean, everyone knows about Trump because he won't shut up about himself, correct? And they won't stop suing the guy, so there's or that indi- or indicting him, <laughs> right? I mean, right? They, they don't stop indicting him, and, and then you got Ron DeSantis. We know about him, but his campaign seems to be hitting the skids a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. You got Tim Scott out of South Carolina who, you know, after he went on with, uh, with Tucker Carlson and basically said, he just wants to send more money to Ukraine. Yeah. His campaign pretty much had hit the skids too. Uh, Asa Hutchinson is running again, who nobody knows and nobody knows why he runs. (laughs) Mike Pence is running again, who has no shot of winning anything. Right. And then, um, I think I'm missing a a Vivek Ramsawamy. Yeah. Who I got to give this guy credit. He goes on a lot of liberal shows. He, I mean, he was the guy who went on CNN and Don Lemon tried to rip him a new one. Yeah. And try to tell him, well, you don't know because you're not a man of color. Right. Meanwhile, the guy, the guy sitting across from him is of Indian American yeah. descent and is a man of color. <laughs> and so Vivek kind of tore him a new one. And then like a week later, Don Lemon was fired. Yeah. Bye bye, Don Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> my, my man, like, dude, you, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't tell me because you're not black. I mean, you want no conversation? Yeah. And then, you, but the thing was, he said it to a, a, a man of color. 
Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. <laughs> like, after he said it, you got to imagine the hamster the hamster and uh, running on the wheel in his head was like, Ugh. Yeah, huh? <laughs> and, the, like, the co-host next to him was just like, she, <laughs> she just looked at him like, ooh. Yeah. And it's because they pretty much hate each other anyway, so that was even more. Yeah. More amusing. She got, she got to watch him just crash and burn in the in that one exchange. He's an interesting dude, though. Vivek, Vivek Ramsawami is an interesting dude. Yeah. Um, the thing I'm most impressed with him about is how he handles himself. So he went on, like, a lot of people saw the clips from when he went on the Breakfast Club show with mm-hmm. Charlemagne the God and DJ Envy and mm-hmm. some lady. I don't know who the lady was, but she, the, the lady that was on the show basically was trying to say how she's impartial and but she's not. She was a she's a full blown Democrat, and the the way she was framing things, like she basically asked him like, "Well, what have you done uh, in service or in leadership of people?" And then like he he started naming a few things, and and but then she was like, "Well, because he asked her like what she had done or whatever, and she was like, "Well, in the sixth grade." I stood up to miss to my teacher, whoever the teacher was. I stood up to my teacher because she was slapping the papers out of people's hands, and I didn't like her when she slapped the papers out of people's hands. And so, I I, I called her out on it, and I led the class revolt. She's talking about the sixth grade. It's pretty bad when you have to go back to the sixth grade, right? And and she was like, "Have you ever been?" And then she, when she was talking about leadership skills, she was like, "Have you ever been the class president of your high school or your middle school or class council?" Like. <laughs> So wait, you're saying this guy can't be the president of the United States because he didn't? He wasn't the student council president, right? Because everybody cares about that, right? <laughs> right. It, it came off so disingenuous. It was just like you're just trying to tear this dude down any way possible. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like, but I'm an independent. No, you're not. Right. Like it came off horribly. Um, but to his credit, though. He he didn't snap back. He didn't like. He was cool, calm, and collected in his response. Mm-hmm. And I give him a lot of credit for yeah. that. But what, one of the problems I have with the way this. Well, first of all, I mean we're already in presidential campaign season, right? You know the elections next year. <laughs> it, I mean it goes on forever. Yeah. Um. It pretty much starts after the midterm, and goes on from there. Um, oh, you've got Chris Christie too. He's, oh, sorry. He's coming, crawling out of the sewer. But uh, <laughs> like, but the way it's structured, the debates—it's not some some public thing where everyone debates. It's 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 a, it's like a private thing. So, Biden, Joe Biden's not going to debate anybody. Yeah, I don't. Joe Biden can't debate anybody. Um, but they literally said he won't debate anybody. Anyway. Yeah, like he won't, but he I don't think he physically can do it. So, and I'm not trying to to, to bash the guy because he's old. No. I feel bad for him because he's still out there, whether it's his own narcissism and arrogance that makes him do it or, you know, whoever's pulling the strings needs him there. Yeah. But to watch this, this guy just stumble and mutter and, uh, you know, it's it's really it's sad, but I don't know how anyone that has 
functioning eyes and ears and can see what they're seeing is like, oh, yeah, he's great. He's fine. He's good. Good to go. It's very similar. You know, I, I feel bad for him similarly to the way I feel bad for John Fetterman. Yeah. The senator from Pennsylvania. Like if, if you were getting on an airliner and a guy, Joe Biden, walked on the flight deck wearing the pilot's uniform, are you going to feel comfortable on that aircraft? I, I mean, I, like, no. You know, would you let him drive you to the to the golf course? I, I just, I, I, I can't, I feel bad for the guy. So, they can't have him debate. Right. He couldn't participate in any sort of earnest debate with anybody. Did you see what happened when he met with the Israeli president? Yeah, he was like... He fell asleep. Yeah. And look, I, I get it, man. But we're all supposed to pretend it's normal. Right. Oh, this is, oh, this is fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine. What's that meme where it's the dog and everything's on fire behind him? He's right. like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. But... <laughs> But the thing is, like, I don't hate the guy. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Because the people around him are letting it happen. And it's like, let's say three years ago when he got elected, he was fine. I mean, he he seemed really, really coherent for the moment. I mean, he might have said some gaffes, but Joe Biden's always had verbal gaffes. Yeah. It's been, you can go through his whole career. He's always George been, W. Bush was full of gaffes, right? But now it it seems like it's gotten a lot worse. Um, it, but it's it's just like we when we talked about John Fetterman. I feel like his wife should never have let that campaign continue. Mm-hmm. Like the guy just had a stroke for crying yeah. out loud! You literally put the political machine over your husband's health. Yeah. What kind of person are you? Yeah. Like, was winning that seat that important to the point where you put your husband, your husband's health up? And, of, of course, people are like, well, we needed that one seat because it's only 50-50 right now. You're telling me you couldn't have run anyone else? There's nobody else. You were running against freaking Dr. Oz. Yeah. Nobody was going to vote for that guy. Right. It, it, the, the weird part, it, it was fairly close, but I think he won by like two, three points. Yeah. He, any other Democratic opponent probably would have won by five to ten. Yeah. Just because they weren't. I mean, again, you were going against Doctor Oz, <laughs> who is a senator. Mm-hmm. But the idea of Doctor Oz winning was stupid. Yeah. The fact that Republicans put up Doctor Oz was stupid. I think they were hoping for name recognition. Yeah, I guess. But you, you tell me, you had no one else on the bench. Yeah, there was a guy. In who did really well, and they just decided they didn't want him. I think it was his, like, it was like Shapiro or something like that. In oh, yeah, yeah. Um, who probably would have had a better was that Dr. Oz? I'm from Pennsylvania, he lives in the, Phil, in the New Jersey suburbs of Philadelphia, yeah. So that would be like me or you running for like governor or senator in Virginia, right. Like oh you like like all of a sudden you're famous and we they want you to run for something like oh well how about you run for uh, governor of of or senator from Virginia we <laughs> you don't live in Virginia Mitt Romney did that shit yeah he didn't he, he moved to Massachusetts yeah to be governor of Massachusetts and then he moved back to Ohio or Utah yeah to to get the senator seat in Utah his dad was a governor of Michigan, Michigan yeah. 
mean, he Mitt Romney was the handpicked successor to Orrin Hatch. Yeah, if I rem- if I remember right. Yeah, they're they're but they're they're carpetbaggers. Yeah, they, I kind of think our governor here, Wes Moore, is a carpetbagger. Yeah, I mean and he's from Baltimore, but he hadn't lived here in years. No, and then I mean Hillary Clinton was a senator from New York. Right, she never lived there. No, I mean they do this all the time, and and people. People just fall for it, and part of that has to do with the poor selections of people running against them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it has to do with that huge political machine. Yeah, and, and that's—I mean—that's part of what we're talking about with like when we talk about the Uniparty. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't matter who who runs. No, Mitt Romney and 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 Hillary Clinton, two people who moved to different states to be senators. It didn't matter what letter came after their name. Yeah. They were going to vote for the same policies. Mm-hmm. They were going to vote for the same corporation policies, and they were going to vote to make the same number of bombs, the same number of airplanes. They were going to vote to spend money overseas. Like, there's no difference between the two. Right. Yeah, just like there's no difference between them and, and Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Right, absolutely. Like, Chuck Schumer and, and Mitch McConnell... You think they don't like each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell no. They're part of the old Congress that would go to dinner after each other after a vote when they were at each other's throats on screen. But just because you hear one talking bad about the other one on the, on, on TV, you think they really don't like each other? Yeah. No. They care less about you than they do about each other. Right. It, it's just how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I try to... We talked a little bit of politics with some family members. And and to this day, they still don't see the appeal of a Trump. And I said, because he's not them. Yeah. It's always been because he's not them. Nobody likes him. Right. He's an ass. Yeah. Who never shuts up. He's mm-hmm. a narcissist guy. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But he's not them. And when he went into office, he actually did some things that he said he was going to do. Yeah. I mean, the guy got four peace treaties for Israel in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. All these people, they all talk about peace in the Middle East. He actually got it done. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and that's the thing. Like, none of these people are actually interested in solutions. No. They're interested in issues that distract the masses. You know, I saw a great Venn diagram. It, it was like, it said Democrats, Republicans, and like, for Democrats, it said uh, uh, abortion stuff. And gay rights stuff, and then like pretends to care about, and then the Republicans pretends to care about um, guns and something else, and then in the middle where they came together, they had all the policies that they are that they're uh, you know in agreement on, right. which is pretty much everything. Right. So it it you know to think that we have an actual choice, and I think that you're right. That's what drew people to. Donald Trump, and I think that's what's going to draw people to someone like Robert F. Kennedy. Right. Is because they're not establishment. And I'm to the point where if the establishment doesn't like them, I do. Yeah. Pretty um, much. Because I just, I, they, they, none of them give a shit about you. None. The, we're dollar signs to them. Yeah. They're going to say whatever gets people fired up enough to go to their website and click donate. Yeah. And we, we had talked about this a while ago. One of the one of the biggest turns of this, 
I don't want to say century, but probably in the last 20 years, or th- even 30 years, was the advent of micro donations. Mm-hmm. The ability for anyone and everyone to put a donate button on their website and people could pay you directly. Yeah. I mean, we've got one. But the fact that you could go to Joe Biden's campaign right now, you can go to the website and you can click on donate now. And I can donate five bucks. Yeah. I don't have to have 20 grand. I don't have to have 20. I, I don't have to go to a $500 plate dinner. Yeah. But I can donate. I can donate my $5 and I can feel like I'm a part of it. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the FEC um, campaign donation records now, I think micro donations are almost on par with corporate ones. Mm-hmm. The difference is, though, they don't have to. When you call the office about with your, I'm a five dollar donor. No one's doing that. But someone, hey, I'm I'm Jim Abbott, and I donated five dollars to. Joe Biden's re-election campaign. They're going to take your name down. Mm-hmm. They're going to write. They may or may not write down why you called. Yeah. I'll give President Biden your message, mm-hmm. and you'll never hear from him again. Yeah. Meanwhile, the twenty thousand dollar donor can get on the president's schedule whenever they want. Yeah. Right. Not just not just the president, senator, congressman, whoever, mm-hmm. alderman. I don't care who it is. They call, say, hi, this is John Rockefeller. I want to see the president tomorrow. Okay, Mr. Rockefeller. Yeah. We'll get you on the schedule for 11 a.m. Yeah. Good, I'll be there. And he gets right in. Well, they, yeah, and they know, like, so the $20,000 individual cap, but then you can donate $20 million to the, the super packs. The packs. Have, super packs have no limits. Yeah. And they they're, they know, like, oh, this is a big donor to your to your super PAC. Oh, okay. What, what does he want? How many aircraft carriers does he want built in his district or, you know, that his company to get the contract for? And I know this name gets thrown out a lot, but the Soros family, for example. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, George Soros's kid is Alex Soros. They checked the White House guest logs. Mm-hmm. I think he was listed 10 times in three months. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And never mind, and he's just an individual who runs a super PAC. Mm-hmm. Imagine the lobby groups, how many how many times they get to see the, oh, yeah. the congressmen, the, the senators. They're going to get in before Mike and Alex do. Yeah. Who donated five bucks. Right. They don't care about us. They might give us an audience when, when they come back home and they're and their uh, remote office. Yeah, or they'll send us an autographed picture. But even like, like when, I, when I try to get my dad help or my mom help for to, to get my dad's uh, uh, Social Security sorted out after mm-hmm. my dad died, dude, we, we didn't even get an email back from two of them. Yeah. The one we got back was literally a form letter saying that we needed to contact the Social Security Administration. Yeah, thank you. We did that 15 times already. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't donate 15 grand to your campaign, but I'm a constituent. I could use your help. Yeah. But they don't care about us. No. Because we don't, we don't donate that kind of money to them. And it's unfortunate that that's kind of where it's at. Mm-hmm. But that's why people voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. Not that they were going to give him an audience, but without without giving 
the little guy in the audience, he was at least doing or trying to do some things or said he would do some things for the people that weren't donating. Yeah. I'll try and keep your job in this country. I'll try and make sure that Mexico and Canada don't have an, uh, an unfair advantage on trade Yeah, with us. I'll try and make it so the Asian countries can't just ship all their stuff here and not buy anything from us. Yep. I'll make it so that the corporations, the American corporations who ship jobs overseas don't pay any taxes when they ship products back that weren't built by Americans. Yeah, you know, that was the kind of stuff he was doing. You know, he wasn't helping white collar folks. He right. was helping blue collar folks, and those blue collar folks vote. Mm-hmm. But the left looks down on those blue collar folks now as dummies. Yeah, how could you vote for him? He said, "Grab him in the pee." Mm-hmm. Well, he's putting money in my pee. Yeah, and that's and he's not shipping my job overseas, and that means something to a lot of people. You know, and. And so the fact that there are still people that don't understand why he garnered support. Now, I'm not talking about the cult people. There are Trump cultists out there. Oh, sure. And they're fil- and some of them are nasty people. And there's, But what, I mean, look, those people are not getting him elected. Just like the Biden cultists aren't getting Biden elected. But, you know, when it comes down to it, people were just tired of getting screwed over. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And if, if if nothing else, that guy hadn't screwed them over yet, right? Because he wasn't. He was. He was the outsider. And I'm I'm pretty sure had and Jimmy Dore said this had Bernie Sanders won in '16, they would have done the same thing to him. Yeah, that they did to Trump. So speaking um, of which, though, Debbie Wasserman Schultz calling out RFK Jr. By the way. For, for being a liar or whatever mm-hmm. is pretty ironic considering that she was the head of the DNC. Oh, yeah. That screwed over Bernie. Yep. And his 2016 campaign. Yep. And she's going to call RFK Jr. a liar? Mm-hmm. Okay, lady. You got ousted as head of the DNC because of the shenanigans you pulled. Yeah. And you're lucky you're not in jail. Well, none of these people go to jail. Of course not. <laughs> they do all they do all the stuff that should probably get them thrown in jail. And they don't ever go to jail. Yeah. I mean look at look at Hunter with his what he plead a federal gun charge and tax evasion or something. He's not gonna do one second of time. Well the funny thing is Let that be you. Apparently Kodak Black, the rapper, had the same gun charge. Uh huh. And he did five years in prison because that was the minimum for it. Yeah. I mean, look, man. If I was a, if I was a, a black person right now, I'd point to that case specifically as to the injustice in the court system. Mm-hmm. And that's where the injustice in the court system lies. It's those who have money and those that don't. Uh huh. So, you know, when when it becomes apparent, and that so much none of this stuff is they don't even pretend to hide it anymore. And that that's the really scary part is they don't even try to hide it it's just out there like yep we did it or or they don't think this is the internet age yeah eventually you're going to get caught in your lie you know and, and all the people that told your lie are now caught in it too mm-hmm. 
I mean, it, it's kind of like why when during in COVID, uh, it, it flashed a light on all this shit. So like when, when the mainstream, well, not the mainstream, when the social media campaigns were using the Washington Post and the New York Times as the fact checkers. Yeah. And all the facts seemed to not check out like the New York Times and the Washington Post were saying. Everyone kind of turned to like, wait a minute. Are you really fact checking here? Yeah. Are you, because you got to remember the fourth branch of government is journalism. Yeah, that's the four, yeah the fourth estate. Right. Except somehow the fourth estate was doing the work of the government. It, w- it was basically state-owned media. And the funny part was, so a couple, I don't know if it was a couple months ago or, or maybe last year, when Elon Musk changed the check system and he turned, and he, and he had, a, I think it was the BBC, the New York Times and the Washington Post, he gave him great check marks for being, or not great, it was orange check marks for being state-owned media. <laughs> and, and so they got all pissed off and, but it was true. It was like they were, they were propaganda wings of a government. Yeah. And, yeah, in this internet age, people are going to find out that you're, that you're lying. You know, what's, what's strange is I was raised, so my mother and I have completely different political leanings. She was super, super lefty, and compared to her, I might as well have been super, super right, which compared to a normal person, I'm just kind of, you know, center right. Mm-hmm. So... And left on something. We've been over it a thousand times. Yeah. But she raised me to just not trust the government. And I don't. So if my hippie mother raised me to not trust the government, then like all these people who would have been the meat, like she was a diehard MSNBC, she watched all that stuff. So, but they're the ones that are straight up, you know, towing the the uh, the government line, the See, establishment you, line. So your mom just for believing that though would now be considered all right. Yeah, just not just for, like the, that used to be a staple of the left. Yeah, don't believe the government. The yeah. government's against you. Well, look at Rage Against the Machine. Right, freaking you know. If uh, you don't, know what they told you. Yeah, and then. Zach Delaroca is yelling at people for not wearing masks. Right, and it's like, what? What happened? Like, you guys used to be cool, I, and now you're. I no, I would love to know. Yeah, something happened. Yeah, like you it just. It still doesn't make sense to me. You don't go from f you, don't do what they told you. Yeah, to you better do what they told you. Yeah, like like the the, al- the album cover of one of his of one of the radios was. Was a like a cartoon kid. I forget which album it was. It was a cartoon kid. He's wearing like it's an evil empire. And there's like an F fourteen behind it, and I'm like, okay, that's that's the rage that. But those guys, I, I wonder if they're supporting dropping bombs in Ukraine right now. I mean, they were literally. It it was pro worker. Yeah, they broke a railroad strike. Uh huh. It was anti war. Now let's fund all the wars. Yeah. And keep funding them. Yes. In, per- in perpetuity. Yeah. We're never going to not fund war. This Ukraine war could go on forever. Because it's not about winning it. No. It's about prolonging it. Yeah. 
think about this. A country like Russia should have overrun Ukraine. It, let's just say country versus country. No help from anybody. Mm-hmm. Russia should have crushed Ukraine. Yeah. But because Russia is Russia and they're evil, they were going to fund this small country to just crush Russia. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for anyone crushing anyone. Why did we get involved? Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, someone could say that we were the aggressors because NATO was encroaching on Russia. Yeah. But that's a whole other topic. It, but it's just like, when did, when did Democrats become the propaganda people? Like, not for free speech. Not for war. Yeah. Not for workers. I mean, shoot, you got almost every union in this country voting Democrat because they were the worker party. And, and, and look, I'm not saying the Republicans ever were pro-worker. Right. But at least in this day and age, I feel like the Republicans have to walk a much tighter rope because they'll pri- they, they were kind of the original people that were primarying their own. To get people that would actually do stuff for the people. I feel like there's more people, more congressmen and more senators right now in the Republican Party that are doing or trying to do right by people. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. There's still some of the uniparty there. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Democrats have just gone full, full on uniparty. Well, it's like they're completely controlled by the party itself. And the party, obviously, like they both are, is controlled by corporate interests. It just seems the Republican control is a little bit loose. It's looser, you know, because you have these people out there that aren't playing the game. Right. Yeah. No, no, you're wrong. I mean, I think at some point, the money gets a hold of all of them. Mm-hmm. So once they get in, what do they do? Yeah. And they mostly fall in lockstep. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's some more. There's more dissent on the right as far as the party, like to the point where they had a hard time just electing a speaker for crying out loud. Yeah. And on the left, they all get in line. Yep. And some say that's part of being a party, but you know, it seems like where the left used to be skeptical of the government and the politicians, and they're now all in lockstep with the party and the politicians. And it's it's the right that questions everything. And they're like, we're not going to follow you just because you, you were here longer. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna nominate or elect Kevin McCarthy just because these other people are doing it. What are you doing for us? Mm-hmm. What are you doing for the people? Yeah. But they're also you also got the corporate guys in there, the ones funded by the Koch brothers and mm-hmm. some of the other ones. It's like but my thing is at least in the Republican Party they're they try and get rid of some of these people. Now, the people they replace them with might end up being the same people, but at least they're trying to get rid of some. Right. Whereas on the, and on the left, I don't feel like that's the case. They're not doing that. Um, but, I mean, as far as the candidates go, shoot, man. I, I couldn't tell you where I'd vote. Not that I would. I mean, I, I, I'm going to find a hard to vote Democrat right now if, if the president's back up. Yeah. And only because he's allowing a lot of nonsense, mm-hmm. which I don't think he believes in a lot of this stuff. I think I think 
for some reason there's a there's a loud minority in this country who got a lot of power and I don't know I would love to know how that happened. Yeah. Like who who is pulling these strings to get this dude has been he's been in politics for over 60 years. Right. How are you getting him to kind of fall in line with some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't imagine Joe Biden would ever be on on the um, on board with the Ministry of Truth. Yeah. Yet that got put in place somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, someone someone is pulling some strings. I, I would I, I would love to f- someone to find out who. It's not gonna be me though. Yeah. I just don't care enough. <laughs> but it's going to come out someday. But I mean, do you is there are there any in particular candidates you've been trying to listen to? Um so it's weird. I've kind of shut myself off from politics and I used to listen to really the only political podcast I listen to is Jimmy Dore. Um and then I guess Rogan if he's got someone interesting on. But uh so, I think RFK Jr. is interesting. Um, on the other side, I mean, Tim Scott's a neat guy, but it, again, I think they're all just establishment cronies. Yeah. And until you get someone who's not an establishment crony, then I don't know. Um, yeah. What do you think of DeSantis, though? Do you think he's establishment just hiding? Probably. I mean, he got he got the Bushes nominate not nominate he got kind of the, he's got the the bush family backing yeah and some other i forgot the other people he's got but to me that kind of sniffed a little weird but i would I, I wasn't i thought bush was a little <laughs> he just he never struck me as the smartest guy he had a deal with 911 so I, I really don't know where i stand about how he did like how he good of a job or bad of a job he yeah. did i just i don't remember enough <laughs> Um, I do remember liking Jeb Bush though when he ran, and he just ran up against the, a man child mm-hmm. and Trump. But I mean, his campaign was completely uninspired. Yeah, he came out like the Capitals doing the playoffs, just flat. Yeah, he's just so. he, he. But what politician do you remember that would come out and like rally up a crowd? Yeah. I mean, remember uh, Howard Dean tried to do that. Yeah. And it killed his campaign because of that they're, one they're, out. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're all mediocre people. Yeah, you know, they're, none of them are really. They don't impress me. None of them do. So, I don't know. I forgot, um, Mar- forgot Marion Williamson. She's, oh, the hippie. Yeah, I can't take her when I hear her talk. I can't take her seriously. Yeah. I just think Flower Child when I hear her talk. And then <laughs> Kamala Harris is even on the radar. I I. I <laughs> I think the Democrat Party is trying to do everything they can to hide her. Yeah, which is sad. Like, I don't know. I feel I kind of feel bad for her too. Tulsi Gabbard's still my girl, though. Man, <laughs> she'd be such a good candidate. Yeah, if she would jump in. The problem is, I, I think she knows she don't have a shot. Yeah, they're they're never going to let her win the Democratic nomination. No, she'd have to run as a Republican. Well, she left the Democrat Party. Yeah, that's true. So, she didn't become a Republican, but she left. The party, so but she ran afoul of the of the Boy she ever. You know, so of the of the apparatus. So Yeah, Cornell West out there. You ever yeah, hear you ever hear him talk? He and he was on so Jimmy Dore on his last episode 
kind of dissected his appearance with Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go after him. So, so, like, Cooper's just another establishment shill, too. Yeah. So, it was like, you know, and Jimmy Dore's like, I'm a, I'm a, a moron, dope-smoking comedian, and I can tell you what to say. You're supposedly a, you know, a colonel and ge- a genius and, you know, go after him. But he wouldn't do it. So, I've heard him talk a couple times. It it's kind of <laughs> when you first hear him, you're like, you kind of cringe a little bit. But then you listen to him a little bit more, and it sounds like he he argues his points, but he's also he also listens. Mm-hmm. Which is nice, but what I just I end after I watch an interview with him and he calls someone who he doesn't agree with, he calls him like uh, like brother Trump, mm-hmm. or brother DeSantis. Yeah, it's like man, that's so nice. <laughs> like he doesn't like him, but he's still calling him brother. Yeah, and I don't think he's being ironic about it. I think he thinks all people are his brother and sister. And I, I think it's genuine when he says it. I don't think he's trying to say it in a, in a non-serious way. And I kind of like that about him. Because even after he said something you don't like, you don't dislike the guy. It's hard to dislike someone that calls you brother. Mm-hmm. You, know? <laughs> yeah. like, you know? Especially if someone doesn't look like you. Right. It's like, man, that feels good. Yeah. It gave me some warm and fuzzies in there. <laughs> Maybe I am a communist. You know? <laughs> you know? But I, I want to hear more from him. Um, to be honest, I think he, someone like him would be more for the people than anybody else. Yeah, the problem is, though, that getting to hear more from some of these people is impossible because that's, you know, the Uniparty doesn't win if you pick a third party. Well, and that's the thing. He's definitely running. He, he's got the third party ticket. Yeah. He's going to lose. Because there's no third party that's got a shot. Um, it just depends on where he steals his votes from. Do you think he could steal them from Biden? Like a, a decent, like enough to make him lose? Yeah, I don't. Well, so I don't know where he'd be enough about him to know where he'd be stealing them from. So, you know, but the, people have said the reason that. Bill Clinton won is that Ross Perot pushed enough votes off Bush Senior, right? So Ross Perot ran the best third party campaign we've ever seen. Yeah, but he ran as an independent. He didn't run as a libertarian. Yeah, which which is why even though I think he got like what fifteen to eighteen percent of the vote, Mm -hmm. it's why the Libertarian Party does not get federal funding. Yeah, because any party that gets over five percent in the national in the national election. Like for president, mm-hmm. they then get federal funding the following year. Yeah, which is a lot of money. Um, I think if RFK ran as a third party candidate, I do think he would pull Ross Perot type numbers, mm-hmm. and he would tank. I don't know who would tank more though. That's the problem. I think there are enough disaffected liberals that are leaving the Democrat Party that are not true Republicans. Yeah. That want to vote for a liberal person mm-hmm. who who isn't on 
bored with the craziness. There's just there's too much of it, man. Like there's too much that people don't agree with. And every time that they spoke out or they do speak out currently, they just get called names. There's no debate on facts. It's just you're a misogynist, yeah. you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're a transphobe. Yep. You're you're this, you're that. I'm going to call you every name in the book and that's going to end the conversation. Yeah. Because now there, there's nothing to talk about now. And if that's what the party's line is going to be, then I can't be a part of that party. Right. So you've got a lot of people that have walked away from the Democrat Party since since that election. And there's a lot of voters there. And I do think that RFK could grab a lot of those. And I think that would pull votes away from a Republican challenger, though, too. Mm-hmm. But you got any last words? I do not. No. Well, I hope you enjoyed this political show. I hope you enjoyed the podcast as it is. Anything that we've said is our own opinions. We do not represent a corporation or a business. Um, our thoughts are our own. We want to thank Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza. Again, if you need a good bottle of wine, I'm telling you, head on over there. They will give you great recommendations for your wine. They gave us a great recommendation for our whiskey challenge uh, and our bourbon challenge where we tried that Bibb and Tucker that ended up winning our competition. So head on over there. Feel free to ask for some advice. Leave a comment. Smash the like button. You can leave us a review. And we'll see you next time.